What's up, everybody? Hey, we are back uh, for another episode of the Tech Lab. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend. We've got David Crawl on the couch. Jake, it feels like it's been a while since I've been here. It has. You know what's so weird is I often look back at the beginning of my podcast days, which was not way long back. ago. <laughs> yeah, way back, like a month ago. And sitting here so nervous, IBS yeah. flaring. <laughs> I'm nervous now, man. No, no. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, we're so excited. Hey, David, it, it feels like summer a little bit. Dude, I'm ready for it, man. Yeah. It's over 80 degrees out there. Yeah. It's hot, but I'm here for it. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, me too. I'm ready for it. Uh, the only thing is my car does not have strong AC, but that's all right. That's okay. Hey, we'll be sweating it out. Yeah, it's great. There's a little sauna sauna in there, (laughs) in your car. All right, well, as David Crawl always says, this is not a text lab, or this is not a podcast about AC or about summer or about anything else. This is the text lab, where every single week we're going to do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. And our goal is simple. It's to help you be a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or you're just trying to do some deep diving on your own, we hope the Text Lab helps you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said in his word. David, you want to take us through Romans? Yep. Romans 7, 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had been for the law, had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I once was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, And jumping into this context, uh, before we dive further into 7 to 12, we want to make sure we understand where is Paul coming from? Who is he writing to? So that we can uh, not take verses out of context or take ideas out of context. So from here, we see that Paul uh, is writing to the church of Rome. There's a bunch of these little house churches. They're mixed with Jews and Gentiles, but it's important to know their culture as well. It's full of some Pharisees, sailors, and a bunch of new believers trying to figure out what this whole faith thing is like. Yeah, that's been a huge point. We've been hitting all through this Roman series of just this Jewish Gentile context. And you see Paul kind of continually addressing it as you pay close attention to the text. He's talking about these people coming from different backgrounds, different heritages, even to think through like, how different it would have been for them all to even know and understand what the law was. Yeah. For some people, that was their entire identity. For some people, they're like, I don't know the law at that? all. Yeah. 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 Like, talk to me about some Greek gods, but I don't know the yeah. law at all. Totally. Like, just very different backgrounds and family structures and types and uh, very different experiences each of these people would have had growing up and their whole worldviews would have been different. So now, when he's talking about the law and he's talking about these different ideas, mm-hmm. he's bringing people to the table in the unity of the gospel, but uh, really addressing people from lots of different backgrounds here. Totally. And that's so good. And looking at like how he writes Romans even yeah. too, it's like he's writing it as a whole theology. It's such a rich um, epistle or a, or a letter to this 
uh, church. And that makes sense because he's trying to cover his bases as well with the vast audience that he has here. Okay, yeah. so moving in, we've got author's intent. So what is Paul trying to say to this diverse group of people in the church? Uh, last week, Zach hopped on the pod with me. It was a blast. We got to talk about some of his uh, testimony, some of what Romans was talking about there, which was super powerful. But what we were talking about was how us dying to the law is actually a great thing. It means that we're no longer held captive to it. Uh, if you can remember, Paul gave us that marriage metaphor last week. So now we're jumping off of this idea uh, and jumping into how he's expanding on the fact that, yeah, being dead to the law um, is responding to that critique, that questions. Okay, okay, so was the law bad? Did God make a mistake in giving us the law? Was yeah. Jesus just coming to fix the law or fix what couldn't fix us, which, which mm. was the law? And there's partly some truth in there, but... Paul emphatically responds, no, the law is not bad in any way. Um, By no means is what he says. And I think like a lot of times we in our context have such a difficulty understanding the law because we only have one reference to one type of law. And that's getting a speeding ticket when you're going too fast or the American law, right? And uh, that would not have been their thinking. They would have thought in terms of like a moral law, a civil law, Mm -hmm. a ceremonial law. So there are these different types of laws. And... Then understanding what Christ did that Paul's now really trying to help them understand what is now the current place of the law Mm. in your life. But it wasn't a governmental law to kind of keep people in order. It was a uh, primarily what Paul's talking about in this passage, too, is the moral law of God. Mm. He's talking about coveting. He's talking about things connected to God's character and Mm. nature. And so we hear law. We think about it. Let's like I have to wear my seatbelt or like. Or we think of a lot of times even maybe the ceremonial type of laws that we read about in Deuteronomy and these different things. Shellfish. Yeah, yeah shellfish. Stuff, don't wear yeah, clothes yeah, yeah. of two different materials. Yeah, yeah. All this different stuff. But understanding like, oh, no, Paul's talking about the law really connected to the character and nature of God. Is that law bad? Is that law good? How mm-hmm. do you incorporate that law into the person of Christ now? Yeah, that's really good in understanding their context and understanding how they would have received this because the text can't mean something that it couldn't have meant to their original audience, which is a good thing to know. Um, And so, yeah, Paul dives in. He's going to let's do a quick recap. Why is the law good is a good place to start. The law is good uh, because it's a gift. It's God's grace. Uh, And Drew's going to be talking about that on Sunday. This will drop Monday, obviously. But uh, he's going to talk about how it is a gift Mm. that God gives us a lot because uh, he gives it to the Israelites who are enslaved. um, And it's to set them apart from the other nations, Mm. to set them apart and make them distinct uh, and give them a uniqueness and yeah. a uh, an identity lodged yeah. in, in, in Jesus and yeah. in God himself. Uh, and I think it also shows God's own heart. It shows yeah. that he's the perfect embodiment of the law. It points mm. us to Jesus. Jesus takes the law and he says, I'm going to perfectly fulfill it yeah. and then grant us that, that righteousness yeah. from him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that too, like it, it shows us God's character and nature is set Israel apart from these other nations that God had chosen them. And then also like, when you read the law, you just realize, like, you can't do this without totally. a Savior. Like, the, like a kind of whole part of the law. And, I mean, think about what that would have been like for them to just offer sacrifices day after day, week after week, the amount of bloodshed, Dude. the amount of real sacrifice for them to, like, give sheep and lambs that were kind of their, like, economical reliance. Right. Like, the things that they, like, relied on just for, like, daily food and water and living. And, like, yeah. they were offering these sacrifices to God. Like, it was just this continual reminder to them of their need for a savior. Mm. And so like the whole point of the law, what in some sense was to show them 
you can't keep the law. You can't, you can't do this do on your this. own. Yeah, yeah. the 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 significance of the bloodshed, the significance of the sacrifice, the the weightiness of sin when you're offering these sacrifices over mm. and over and over again. And uh, I think we can often get flippant about those things because we're totally. not living in that type of system. But like really appreciating, evaluating, and loving the law, mm. even as believers in Christ, because that's what. That's what Christ did and took away. Mm-hmm. And now then we're receiving and walking in grace. But it, it isn't cheap grace. It isn't grace without the law. The law didn't go away. The law was just fulfilled yeah. in Christ. I think we have to kind of almost like fight to even feel that sometimes in our own lives. Yeah, because we don't have that. That's such a good image of like, you imagine just slaughtering a, a yeah. lamb or a sheep. Right? Yeah. It like sh- literally shows you mm. that this is the actual cost yeah. of your yeah. sin yep. from earlier or whatever. Yeah. Maybe we should do that next Easter, like just <laughs> yeah. as like a visual representation. No, to... dude, that's the real. <laughs> We're just like <laughs> sacrificing a lamb. <laughs> dude, oh, go viral, though. We'd be running into other problems there, man. Pro- probably, yeah, yeah. And the cleanup would be garbage. Yeah. But I think he's like, he's, <laughs> he's wanting them to... To see that the law, no, the law is not gone away. It is not done away with. There is still a goodness there. Mm -hmm. It's limited, but it's fulfilled ultimately in Christ. And this is what Christ is ultimately setting you free from. And really, Paul is kind of introducing a new way of the Spirit in these sections. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of really his intent here in 7, talking through that. Yeah, building into 8 and then building into 12, where we get to see the practicality of like, okay, what does it look like to live in the way of the Spirit? It's really cool to see the overarching theme there. Mm. Um, Yeah, and speaking of arcs, man, I love how this highlights some of the characteristics of God as we get into gospel implications. I love that it highlights that um, this isn't something that was a plan B for mm. God. This isn't something mm. that he just like, Oh shoot, this didn't work. I guess I'll try and figure something yeah. else out. Uh, it really goes from garden to garden to garden. Yeah. We go from Eden yep. to Gethsemane, Gethsemane. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking about yep. to the new Jerusalem garden. Like there's yeah. these three big gardens that we're talking about here. Uh, mm. and it wasn't a mistake, uh, or it wasn't something that God didn't foresee happening yeah. uh, in there. And so yep. I think that's really good. And it's important to understand also that this whole arc of history is happening for his glory. Uh, yeah. Everything that God does, everything that he uh, ordains to have happen in his unshakable plans is for his glory. Yeah. You you feel like Paul's really talking about the Garden of Eden even totally. in, this, in these sections. And to think about... The, these three gardens of the garden of Eden, the garden of Gethsemane, the garden in the new city of God, like the, and something so significant is happening in mm-hmm. those, in this redemptive story where in the garden of Eden, there is this law that was put forth. Like Paul even says this of like the law that said uh, uh, the opportunity afforded by the commandment, you shall not covet. Well, mm-hmm. for Adam and Eve, it was like, don't eat from this tree. Yeah. But then Sin took the the opportunity afforded by the commandment, and that brought about sin. That brought about death. And I think like Paul's even showing there of of that's what sin happened in the Garden of Eden. It, it happened. It happens again here throughout all the law. But ultimately, as there's the Garden of Gethsemane, as Christ goes to the cross, there will be a new garden, a new redemptive mm. narrative that that sin and the law has been done away with. That our, our hearts have fully been redeemed and made new. Um, Fully, but it, you really do see that that arc, and it really is again another commentary just on what happens when there mm-hmm. is the law, what happens when that that sin comes up in our hearts, that our hearts are just rebellious, and that yeah. our hearts want to sit on the throne of our own heart, and that's like totally. this thing that's inside of us that has yeah. to be dealt with. And then on the opposite spectrum, how God consistently just responds to that, yeah. how yep. He consistently pursues us. Uh, 
in and out of each garden mm. is really a, a good way to, yep. to think about yep. it. It's good. Yeah. Um, and then from here, man, I'd love to jump into, okay, what does this look like practically? What mm-hmm. does this look like in life group this week? How do we take this text? How do yep. we live it out, David and Jake? How do we help our people even live it yep. out as life group leaders? Yep. Yep. Um, and for me, uh, as I'm seeing this, I think a lot of my own story comes up in uh, you know receiving Christ and just the main hesitancy that I had was like, okay, well, is God just taking away fun? Mm. Is he just you know, restrictive? And it's a yeah. misconception. And I know that that's that quote that we throw around, around that's like, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about yeah. God, you yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. what I was thinking about God when I was mm. a senior in high school and totally. before that was like, totally. no, dude, he's just going to yep. say no to the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's so important um, to know that that's not who God is. Yeah. But also for us as life groups, as for us uh, who are trying to live missionally with our yep. ones, yeah. to even think like yet mm. to believe people like, okay, how do we yeah. address this with our people? Mm-hmm. How do we help them address the yep. misconceptions yep. there? Yep. Which I think is so good, Jake. I think like that starts in our own hearts first. Yeah. Like how, like we talk about all the time, but like truly where are these places that I'm believing that there's more life, there's more abundant life, there's more joy than in Jesus. Because I think that's just what Satan's always going to try and whisper Mm -hmm. to us all of the time that like Mm -hmm. that, that thing is out there, that there is something else out there that has more joy in Jesus. So like just identifying that in our own heart, because even that's where like, when the law, it's not detached from God's character and nature, starts to feel like these rules. Right, yeah. Just like, oh, well, it's just do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. When it's like, no, we're talking about God's character and nature here. The only creator of life, life is actually only in him. Mm-hmm. Everything else actually is death. And the law is just continually pointing us mm-hmm. to Christ. The law was never the end itself, but it was the the signpost on the side of the road yeah. saying, God is this way. Yeah. You need forgiveness. You need a savior. And so I think like, even just like asking that in my own heart, where are these places where I'm thinking there's joy? But then the way that that translates to, to yet to be friends. It's like, okay, where is, where are you finding your joy? Where And mm-hmm. just understanding and, and doing a little bit of like, detective work there to know even like this is where this guy's finding his joy this is where this guy really believes life is at you journey with someone for a little while there like all that stuff falls apart like there isn't that much life in going to las vegas there is not that much life in getting the promotion at work and like people living for those things that those those wells run dry Mm. so quickly and you just you just give it time they're gonna hit the wall something's gonna pop up there's i think an opportunity to talk about Hey, where is there actually life? What is yeah. life actually at? And and that helps inch them closer to Christ where there's real joy, where there's real life. Yeah. But that's where I think where the law is helpful. It's telling totally. you the whole time there's yeah. no life besides in, in God. Um, so living in that ourselves and helping others live in that is something that I think like you can almost just even take out of out of this passage. Dude, totally. And hopefully what's happening is we're investing in relationships with our ones and pray mm. watch so that when they're like, oh yeah, my wife just left me the other day. Yeah, like we're yeah. there to, to weep with mm-hmm. them and to cry with them and point mm-hmm. them um, to where they're, they're going to be happier tomorrow yep. than they are today. Yep. So we're investing in those relationships. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yep, yep. And I love where Paul, even at the end of verse 12 there, talks about like the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Yeah. And it's like, no, the law doesn't bring death. Sin brings death. The law mm. is pointing us to the only person who's holy, righteous and good where there actually is life that, is actually only in Christ alone and in him alone. And just continuing to, to search our own hearts and thinking through like, where are those places? I think as I think about our town, like yeah. we just live in this world of distractions. We live mm. in this world of like counterfeit promises of all these other things truly will make you happy. All these other things actually truly will bring you life. And they just never do. And so like 
really believing that fully, living that in ourselves, walking with those yet-to-believe relationships in a way that when they do hit the wall, there's moments to come alongside mm-hmm. of them and, and walk with them there. Yeah, I love it. And yeah. I love how the law is is really just painting, as we'll wrap up, just painting that desperate, dependent mm-hmm. nature from Genesis, yep. really. Like, we can't do it on our own. Yep. And there's joy in that. There's yep. joy that we can't do it yeah. on our own. Which I think is a great question of, like, even just asking that in your life group of, like, okay, like, where are you tempted to find joy other places mm-hmm. that, than in Christ? Like, where do the people that are on your pray watch list, where are they finding their joy yeah. in places other than Christ? Like, and even just kind of, like, identifying some of those questions in life group, well, I think it's just, like, some really good discussion, like just to think through who are those people, where are they finding those things? Um, and that, that really gets to the bottom of somebody's heart pretty quickly. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So we got three practical questions for you. I'm going to read the first one real quick. So why is the law an act of grace or in other words, a gift from God, a good thing to get, get stern up as we mm-hmm. look at whole Bible theology. Yeah, it's great. I think another question to ask is how does the law point us to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like how is the law from the very beginning always pointing us ultimately to the only one that can fulfill the law? Yeah. And based off of what you were saying earlier, the third question is what perception of the law and God do you think your pray watch community has mm-hmm. and being able to address that? And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Where are they finding their joy yeah. and being able to identify that? Yeah. Um, alongside them as you're praying for them, as you're watching. Yeah. And so we want to give a huge shout out to Zach Surface. He was on the pod last week and we were excited to have him and he's back behind the camera. We're also praying for him uh, in his life as well and just give him a shout out. So whether you're working out at the gym, you're cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, whatever you're doing while listening to this podcast, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the spirit lead you and know that you're one who's sent by God this week to your family, your school, your work, your coffee shop, the gym, and the the soccer practice, wherever you go, may you go there being the living proof of a loving God. We love you. We'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.